Hey, you're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in and around the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles throughout the week. And then we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, welcome to Make and Multiply. This is episode seven. My name is Ryan Chase. I'm one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church in Sioux Falls. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the third habit of our discipleship huddles, the third habit of those who make and multiply disciples. In the last two episodes, we talked about the first two habits, which are hear and obey and repent and believe. Hear and obey is all about understanding the meaning of a text of scripture and then being transformed by the significance of that text. Repent and believe is all about identifying areas of unbelief in our own hearts, areas of idolatry, because we recognize that the root of all of our sin is idolatry, worshiping someone or something other than Jesus, trusting someone or something other than Jesus. So when we recognize that unbelief and that idolatry in our own hearts, the only right response is to repent, to turn away, to forsake our hope in anything other than Jesus, and then to turn to Jesus in faith, clinging to him and trusting everything that God promises to be and do for us in Jesus. So that's hear and obey, repent and believe. And then we want to make and multiply disciples. And that's what this third habit, plan and pray, is all about. We talk about disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples, on and on and on we go. That's what we mean by multiplying disciples. And one of the key habits of disciple multipliers is prayerfully and intentionally telling others about the good news of Jesus. We recognize that we are constantly in danger of drifting toward uh, an inward focus as a church, as people. It's easy to be comfortable, uh, to be content. We just like this group the way it is. We like the people who are in it. And we could be ingrown and inward focused as a church, just maintaining the status quo, business as usual, um, and forgetting about the lost and those around us who are far from God. But belonging to a gospel community on mission means constantly reminding one another to think about and to pray for and to pursue those who are far from God. And so this is a habit of those who multiply disciples. Disciples become disciple makers by God's design. One of my favorite definitions of a disciple comes from Jeff Vanderstelt. He says, a disciple is one who is increasingly worshiping Jesus in all of life, being changed by Jesus in all of life, and obeying Jesus in all of life, and teaching others to do the same. So a disciple is one who's worshiping Jesus, being changed by Jesus, obeying Jesus, and teaching others to do the same. We see that in Mark 1:17 when Jesus called the first disciples, he said to them, "Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men." So Jesus asserts his authority when he calls them to follow him, and then he promises them that he's going to transform them and change them when he says, "I will make you become fishers of men." And he involves them in his mission of reaching the lost. He says, I'm going to make you become fishers of men. And so Jesus, from the beginning, 
when he when he calls his very first disciples, he calls them to join him in being disciple makers, disciple multipliers. We see that all over scripture. Think of John 4 when Jesus offers living water to the Samaritan woman at the well. After that conversation, John 4, 28 says the woman left her water jar and went away into town and she said to the people in her, her village, come see a man who told me all that I ever did can this be the Christ? And because of her witness and her testimony about Jesus, many people in her village put their faith in Jesus. We see that in Isaiah 6, when Isaiah has this vision of God enthroned in glory and splendor, and the angels are crying out, holy, holy, holy. After Isaiah's sins are atoned for with the coal from the altar, Isaiah hears the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah's response is, here I am, send me. And God commissions him and sends him out as a messenger to deliver God's word. Or Luke 8, after Jesus uh, drives out the legion of demons from a man, that, that man begs Jesus that he might be with Jesus and follow Jesus. And Jesus sends him away saying, instead, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And so the man went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. That's what God is saying to every one of us. Every time we experience his power at work in us through the gospel, every time we are rescued by Jesus from idolatry and unbelief, every time we are changed by the Holy Spirit to to bear the fruit of the Spirit, then God is saying to us, now go declare to others how much God has done for you. So experiencing the power of Jesus through the gospel makes us into witnesses of Jesus and his power through the gospel. So plan and pray. We're essentially asking two questions. What has God done for me? And then who is the Holy Spirit leading me to tell about that? That's the Luke 8.39, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So when we're asking that question, that's what we mean by the plan part. We, we want to be intentional about making plans to tell other people about what God is doing in us. And what I love about this habit is that it it takes our everyday experiences of the gospel, what we call gospel fluency or the functional centrality of the gospel, and it turns those into opportunities to, to declare the gospel of Jesus to others, opportunities for evangelism. Uh, This doesn't just mean talking to unbelievers. Unbelievers aren't the only ones who need to hear the gospel. Uh, We have other members of our church who repeatedly, constantly need to hear the good news. We have members in our own family, people around us who already know Jesus. We are all in need of constant reminders of the good news of Jesus. And so we want to be asking ourselves, um, What is God doing in my life? Where is he exposing my own sin and then graciously setting me free, changing me, transforming me, delivering me? And and how can I tell others about that? So if a a neighbor or a coworker asks a question like, how are you doing? Uh, We could just keep it shallow and talk about the weather or sports. Um, But by God's grace and his empowering presence in our lives, maybe we would have the courage to share about a recent experience where Jesus helped us overcome some area of anxiety or worry or conflict or bitterness or 
idolatry. Maybe maybe you've been freed from idolizing money through the gospel. And, and you could share that with a neighbor. I mean, think about it. Do you, do you think you might have neighbors or coworkers who experience anxiety, bitterness, pride, what, what we call attitudes of unbelief? So if we are experiencing the good news of Jesus in those areas of our lives, those would be opportunities to talk with other people and to tell them about how much the Lord is doing for us. So plan is all about asking, uh, what is the Holy Spirit leading me to do? Who is the Holy Spirit leading me to tell about God's work in my life? And as much as possible, be specific. Have have a specific person in mind, maybe an idea of when and where and how uh, you might be able to share with somebody else, whether that person is already a Christian or not yet a Christian. Um, try to think of at least one person that you might be able to share with the, the good news of what God is speaking to you through his word and what God is doing in your heart through the gospel. And then as a huddle, pray together, uh, commit your plans and your intentions to God in prayer. Second Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12 is the key verse for this part of our huddles. When Paul says, to this end, we always pray for you. So he's talking about his prayerfulness. And here's what he prays, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. That's an incredible prayer, that God would fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we recognize that we can make resolutions, we can have resolve for good, uh, we can have ambition to carry out works of faith, but it's God who makes that happen. And I love how this verse makes it crystal clear that the only work we want to carry out is the work of faith that is empowered by God himself. And so we commit these things to God in prayer, entrusting him to fulfill them by his grace and for his glory. So that's what we mean by plan and pray. Encourage you uh, to engage with your huddle in calling one another's attention to the fact that we are surrounded by people who need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have the incredible opportunity of bearing witness to those people, telling them what God is doing in our lives so that they, they too can experience that. So may we be a community that lives on mission regularly thinking about and praying for those who are far from God. Hey, thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, please email me at ryan at emmausroadsf.com. And if you're not currently part of a huddle or MC, let me know and I would love to help you get connected. If you're interested in more, you can find this content in our Discipleship Huddle Guide, which is based on the DNA Guide by Saturate Resources. The music on this episode is called Everywhere by Lee Rosevere, and it's used under a Creative Commons license.